Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In the Gospel for today, we have a very strange story, and yet one in which it teaches us a good lesson in the spiritual life. Now, many of Jesus' parables were difficult to understand at first, and they were meant to be. Jesus used parables to help us think about the world and life in a completely different way, almost turning upside down. Now, the parable for today of the unjust steward is a great example of this. This parable is set, you could say, within the world of economics. Now, if you look at all the Gospels, about one-third of the parables are about farming and planting. Another one-third are about economics. Now, this is primarily for two reasons. First, Jesus is speaking to a people, an audience, in terms in which they understand. Now, many of the people that Jesus is preaching to on a regular basis were peasants, farmers, tradesmen, small business owners. More to it, Jesus grew up in a world of trade and economics. Since Joseph was a carpenter, I'm sure Joseph taught Jesus how to trade and barter as part of a way of life. Well, here we have a parable of the unjust steward. Now, this steward was in charge and entrusted with managing his master's money. And yet, his master catches him, you could say with his hand in the till, and squandering his master's property. Now, after hearing this news, this steward panics, and he realizes he's in very serious trouble. Why? Well, again, we have to realize in the ancient world, especially during the time of Jesus, there wasn't any social safety nets that we know today. There was no unemployment insurance, no social security, no Medicare or Medicaid. Well, this man faces a loss of everything. His money, his job, his house, even his very life. Unless he has a wealthy relative that can support him, he's in serious trouble. Well, this man is in dire straits. His life is in danger. What does he do? Now listen what he says to himself. What shall I do now that my master is taking the position of steward away from me? I am not strong enough to dig and I am ashamed to beg. I know what I must do when I am removed from steward that they may welcome me into their homes. Well, now we have an idea of what prospects he's looking at as far as work to do. In fact, a little as none. Remember, when you're in a small town, everyone knows everyone and everyone's business. Now, the odds of this man getting another job like this as a steward that he was just fired from are remote at best. 
Therefore, he's left with the most menial jobs, ditch digging, which he admits he's too old for, or begging. Now we become to know just how serious and how dire this man's situation is. Now, what does he do next? It says, he called his master's debtors one by one. To the first, he said, how much do you owe my master? He replied, 100 measures of olive oil. He said to him, here is your promissory note. Sit down and quickly write one for 50. Then to another, the steward said, and you, how much do you owe? He replied, 100 cores of wheat. The steward said to him, here is your promissory note. Write down one for 80. And so now he cheats his master even more by what we would say he's cooking the books. He's manipulating the financials. And he does this, you know, for the express interest of trying to make friends with these people. And he's compounding his immorality. In some ways, it's a real sleazy way to try and make friends. Now, you say to yourself, well, this guy is a jerk. He's a scoundrel. And yet, at the end, the master commends the steward for what he does. Now, Jesus makes this steward here the center of the story. Now, when we first hear this, we say, well, it's contrary to the gospel. He steals and cheats. All of these things for money. And yet Jesus praises this clever criminal. So what are we to make of this? How are we to understand this? Well, this parable, I think, is about urgency and preparedness. Now, it's important to notice, Jesus does not praise the dishonesty of the steward, but rather his cleverness in acting decisively in a moment of crises. Notice what Jesus says. For the children of this world are more prudent in their dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. I tell you, make friends for yourselves with dishonest wealth, so that when it fails, you will be welcomed into eternal dwelling. The person who is trustworthy in very small matters is also trustworthy in great ones. And the person who is dishonest in very small matters is also dishonest in great ones. If therefore you are not trustworthy with dishonest wealth, who will trust you with true wealth? If you are not trustworthy with what belongs to another, who will give you what is yours? No servant can serve two masters. Now there are a few things that we can learn from this unjust steward that can help us in the spiritual life. Well, he first he sees his situation very clearly that God is demanding all of us to be ready. Are we ready? Are we the person that God wants us to be? And have we worked towards that? Or better yet, or maybe a harder question, are we fit to be called home, called home to heaven? Now, I've talked to you many times about that banner theology that was so prevalent in the church in the 70s and 80s. I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay. God loves you, therefore do whatever you want. Well, that did what? Essentially, we lost a sense of good and evil. We lost that spiritual moral clarity, which is the reason why so many Catholics no longer practice their faith and have left the church. They've lost that sense of clarity. Well, one of the first lessons that we can apply 
from this story in our own life is the steward, he saw his life with great clarity, as well as the situation, just as how serious it was, and therefore he attended to it. Well, the same thing holds true with us. You know, again, go back to that story. He, the man, the steward said to himself, I'm too old to dig ditches and I don't want to beg. Well, he's admitting he's physically weak as well as spiritually. Well, when a person is in crisis, they're compelled to brutally be honest with themselves. It's a moment of crisis. There's no room for self-deception. I'll give you a great example of this. You know, a person, he has a poor diet. He doesn't exercise and then he's struck down with a heart attack. Well, that's a wake-up call for that person. You know, now he knows he's in a moment of crisis, and there's no room for self-deception. After that heart attack, that man must take a long, hard look at his situation. He must say to himself with great clarity, I know my diet is poor. I know I don't exercise. I've got to change if I want to continue to live. I'm not all right. Well, Jesus takes this, you know, and tells us we have to be honest with ourselves in our own self-assessment. You know, recognize that maybe there are things in our life that aren't right. You know, when we are in the spiritual life, we have to assess our life and know that maybe things aren't the way they shouldn't be. Maybe I'm not praying enough. Maybe I'm not attending Mass every week. Maybe I'm not engaging in stewardship. Well, people sometimes can deceive themselves, you know, make up their own reality. Well, there comes a moment of crisis in which they have to wake up and make a serious change. Well, that's one of the lessons we can take from this. Now, the next lesson we can take from this is the fact that the steward, he sees how dire his situation is, and then he acts. He decides and he moves decisively. He changes his life. Now, he does it in somewhat of a ruthless and a criminal way, but he acts. He seizes the moment. In his desperate situation, he moves to try and correct his situation. Now, for us, apply that to our own spiritual life. We see our own spiritual life. We assess it. And we say, well, my relationship with God is important but I'm aware of my weaknesses. Therefore, I'm compelled to act. I know I should pray more. I know I should attend Mass more. Therefore, I have to act decisively. I can't put it off. I can't just say, well, I'll do it next week or next month. No, if it's truly important, I'm going to attend to it quickly. See, now we begin to see the reason why this parable is so important for us and why Jesus taught it to us gives us some good lessons in the spiritual life. We have to see our life clearly. We have to then assess it, you know, make the right decisions in the spiritual life, and then act and move upon those correct decisions. The steward, he saw with great clarity his situation. He assessed. He was in big trouble. He doesn't want to dig ditches. And then he acts. He acts upon it and he moves. Well, we have to do the same thing. See with clarity, maybe I'm not the person that God intends me to be. Therefore, I have to assess, I have to change my life if I truly value my faith. 
and now I have to act. I can't dawdle. I can't put it off. We act. We move. Regardless of what it is, whether we need to pray more, go to Mass more, engage in the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, stewardship, whatever it may be, we immediately do it because of what we value, our faith and our relationship with Christ. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest with you always.